Welcome to the Iconic Talk Show in conversation with Dr. Prasad Katre, an industrialist in the diamond jewelry industry. Welcome in board, sir. Thank you. And lovely meeting you. Absolutely. Likewise. It's an honor to meet you, sir. Uh, what has been your journey in the diamond jewelry industry? Well, I've been part of this diamond industry for, uh, I think, over 28 years now. Wow. And so my journey started off in 1995. Right. I was the first employee of De Beers. Uh, and I still remember way back then in 1995, I was given just a single one-liner brief okay. that India is a gold-loving country. Make it diamond-loving. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, just a literally, literally a one-liner. But what was uh, interesting about that one line was that right. what it also meant was that they gave me the freedom. And when I say freedom is the flexibility and because they said that you understand your cultures, you understand your country, you understand your market. Right. And you need to, you know, guide us in terms of what exactly is going to work there. Right. And and how do we, you know, what are the different steps that we need to take? Right. And I think that was a big challenge because in a country like India, which literally, you know, worships gold. Right. And suddenly you are trying to bring in something totally different. True. And uh, so the first step that we did, of course, was to uh, do a lot of market research because we believe a lot because ultimately you need to understand the customer you know I mean and the, the end user and and so what are the different barriers in her mind especially because right. uh, being diamonds it's all women that we interview and it was a huge sample size it was 100,000 women across the country you know incredible so that was, yeah incredible absolutely incredible yeah and uh, what uh, again really transpired was that 88% of the women way back in 1995, they just said The knowledge was lacking. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There was absolutely no knowledge. Right. So that was barrier number one. Barrier number two was that they always felt that it was only for the rich and famous. Okay. You know, and it's not for me. Right. And and that's because the perception was that you know, lakh and way back in ninety-five, lakh rupiah was a big, big sum. Absolutely. So yes. having said that, uh, so so the perception was that it's not for me, it's only for the rich and famous. Right. So these were the two big barriers. And third was because that comfort was which was there with, with gold, and also gold was actually as I, and I literally as I said, it's worship is worship as Lakshmi. Right. You know. So, uh, and, and plus the woman is worshipped as Gharki Lakshmi. Right. And that's where it was a complete, uh, you know, uh, what should I say, uh, a, a marriage of the two. You know, right. That gold and the woman go, go together. True. And, and to then intrude that in a way, with right. another, you know, was a, was a huge challenge by itself. Right. And, and But I was pretty confident because I said, that as long as we can clear that, if we can address these three barriers, right. so that's going to be the step one. So, so our step one was to create that awareness about diamonds, and right. we came up with our uh, first campaign of the forces of diamonds, the cut, color, clarity, and category, right. and trying to explain what it really means. Right. So that was step one. Step two was also making them aware that finally it's affordable. It's for you. It's not only for the rich and famous. Yes, diamonds come from maybe five hundred rupees to maybe five crores or five hundred right. crores, right? right. And and the diamonds like Kohinoor are absolutely priceless. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, it comes in right from 500 to whatever price. Right. So, which, of course, wasn't uh, that, I mean, people were not aware of. Right. So, that, uh, so we did a price, uh, product and a price campaign that was stuck okay. to, you know, so first was give, giving them the awareness about forces. Second was about this um, you know, journey about product and price. Right. Making them aware that 5,000 maybe you can get a hero. 
You know? Right. So you, you you too can afford it, and that was the basic message. Awareness yeah. was the yes. campaign. Awareness was 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 the key. Right. And finally, the third was, uh, as I always say, that you know, finally, selling a diamond is selling a dream. So right. I call myself a dream merchant. You know, uh, you <laughs> I love the word "call together." <laughs> Absolutely no, because uh, see, finally, otherwise, it's it's a product which doesn't have any utility value. Right. You know everything else that uh, a consumer buys. Usually, there is there is a logic behind it. Right. Honestly, if you ask me, why do you buy buy a diamond? There's no logic. You know. So one needs to understand the motivation behind. You know, no woman needs a diamond, but every woman wants one. Absolutely. Now you know. So that's the big uh, difference between right. need and a want. And that one needs to understand. So one right. needs to understand the motivation behind why does a woman buy that. And then again, uh, the, the big difference is between motivation and justification. Because many times people say that how many hours investment kia hai. Okay. Investment is just a way a woman tries to justify her purchase right. to, to her parents or her husband or in-laws or whatever it is. Right. It's, it's her way of justifying that, okay, if I've spent 50,000 rupees or a, a lakh of rupees, is actually I've invested that money. Right. So, but the inherent motivation is very different. Right. So, you know, so that, uh, you know, we had to understand and, and, and there are actually six different reasons for which a woman actually buys any kind of jewelry, not just diamond, any right. kind of jewelry. And, and uh, first and foremost, of course, it was, uh, uh, you know, to be always presentable. Right. You know, uh, again, when if you ask someone, no woman is going to tell you that as a reason. That I want to look beautiful. No, no one is actually going to say right. that. Absolutely but not. Actually, yeah. but yeah, but, but that's the that's the mindset. That's 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 the actual reason. Right. But what they also say is is all about status. We want to show our status. You, they may say so. so, which again, very few actually say it. But it's considered that because of status, you want to flash your diamonds. You right. know, so, so you want to actually wear it. But that's not really the, the motivation. Is that you want to look beautiful, and that's where I pegged my first uh, brand, which was Nakshatra. Wow, way and back. Yes, way back in year 2000. So I remember and the Nakshatra launch, which happened at Uges Road? That's right. Yes. It, we, we actually did a series of launches, you know. And, right. And, and, and the first one, uh, we did it in Taj. Right. And then we did it to various various different retailers across right. the country and not just uh, in Mumbai, but we took it all around. And uh, in fact, that became the most successful brand till date. Right. And also the product brand. So, so, and, and in fact, at that point in time, also, that was one of the big reasons that, you know, when you choose a celebrity, you also need to actually see the fit because many times the uh, celebrity can vampire your product or vampire your brand. Absolutely. You know, so you have to be extremely careful of which celebrity, first of you, all you choose. Right. And how do you make the match? Absolutely. Because, you know, what exactly you're trying to uh, project. And I think uh, we were bang on with Nakshatra because, as I said, it was all about beauty. Right. And Ashwari Rai Ashwari was... Ashwari Rai, uh, absolutely. You know, uh, the queen. Yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. This word. So, and, and, and in fact, she was just stepping into Bollywood. So she wasn't a very big name then. Right. But the fact that she was the Miss World is where I think it was a perfect fit for me right. to get her into Nakshatra. And uh, that made uh, all the difference. And uh, I mean, till date, it is uh, one of the most successful brands. So that was motivation number one. And that's where this particular brand. Right. Motivation number two is you want to say that you have arrived in life. So you have, you deserve a dime. So this right. was more towards working women. So, you know, so, so that's where we said, okay, we can pick uh, a particular brand for this. And that's when we introduced Asmi. 
Now, asmi in Sanskrit means me, myself, you know. Right. So, I have a right, so I, I deserve a dime. Right. So, it is my own, you know, so I'm economically independent. I don't have to depend on a man to gift me a diamond. Right. I'm not dependent on my parents. I'm not dependent on my father or husband or whosoever. Right. I'm going to buy a diamond for myself. And because I, I think I deserve it. And that's where right. we introduced the brand called Asmi. And uh, it was, the whole positioning was, uh, we call it as the inner uh, fire of a woman, you know. That she wow. she has arrived in life, so she deserves a dime. So that, Very well termed. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So you know, yeah. that it's, it's actually thanks to the research because we kept doing so much of research trying to right. because you have to map the consumer mindset. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, you you just can't. Uh, and especially as I keep saying that, since you're selling an emotion, you're selling a you're not selling a product. You're selling an emotion. You're selling a dream. You have, absolutely. and that's where the touch and feel and you know of the jewelry also becomes so very important. So you have to always keep all, all of that in mind. True. And so that's how for the second motivation was, uh, you know, our brand called uh, right. Asmi. The third was, uh, you know, uh, a gift of love between a husband and a, and a wife right. or a man and a woman. Right. And uh, that's where we also came up with the brand called Sangini. Right. So that's where the name, as it suggests. You are was, taking me back to my college days. Uh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm driving the lanes of day college right now. Yeah, because, you know, these are the classic stories. Because, and and, and I, I, as I said, keep, because once you know the consumer mindset and what they're looking for, right. you have to give it to them because uh, there is no utility value. You know, so ultimately right. you have to sell an emotion. True. And and that's that's so very important. And that's that's where you know you have to get into the consumer's mindset, you have to get into the consumer's behavior. And then uh, I don't know if you remember the, the, the campaign of uh, Sangini also, it was so well received and it was so so well articulated because it was all about a woman kept saying that we know exactly what our uh, man or my husband is actually doing at this point in time. Right. I can predict, you know, and that's what we uh, showed the showcase yeah. in the in the whole campaign. Yes. And that's what, that's what was very well received. Right. And so uh, it was a gift from a man to a woman. To the woman. Yes. So that's why Sangini, you know. So, so that was um, uh, the motivation number three. Then motivation number four was being the center of attention. And uh, which was something which is, uh, you know, very, very interesting again, because this was uh, what we did was we had also done the consumer segmentations, you know, right. so in different price brackets and all of that. So this particular uh, one was about one carat plus diamonds. So center of attention is, you know, when you are wearing a rock, then, then you get noticed. You know? I was. Coming <laughs> on to you. Absolutely. Yes. So, so what happens is that, uh, you know, we had interviewed a lot of these women. Uh, right. Uh, the rich, so-called rich women, uh, right. uh, high net worth individuals. Right. And uh, we asked them a one and plain simple question that you have tons of money and, you know, <laughs> which, is, which is a fact of life. The world knows about it. Is there anything that you miss in life? You know, and what was very interesting was that they mentioned that the only thing that we actually miss is the blue blood. Okay. Our money can't buy the royalty. You know, okay. we can never have the blue blood. You know, because you're not, you know, born in that particular, you know, segment. dynasty yeah. or that segment or, yeah. or as, as, as royals. You know? Right. And which was again a, a, a huge fact, you know, and, and, and a very great insight. And that's when we introduced the fourth brand called Aresia. 
and the whole positioning was or of royalty yes i and, remember this too yes this is huge story for me yes again <laughs> and guess who was the grand ambassador No, I don't coin that, but I remember right. Nakshatra very clearly. It was Maharani Gayatri Devi. Oh yes, from Surat. No, no, she was from Jaipur. Jaipur? Ah, yeah, that's right. So okay. Maharani Gayatri Devi from Jaipur, and uh, at that point in time, I think she was seventy-four. And I still remember my boss from London, from De Villiers. He kept saying, "Are you sure we we have never worked with a model who is seventy-four years old?" <laughs> right. I said, "No, but then she's a royal. She's Maharani." To break the taboo. Yes, absolutely. Right. So I said, "I'm very sure. I'm very confident, and we want to go ahead with this." You know? Right. So, and that's where we we came up with that, and that again branded extremely well because uh, people obviously relate. They could relate to Maharani Gayatri Devi. Right. And uh, what a wonderful lady. I mean, I had a fantastic time working with her, and uh, of course, she donated everything to charity, whatever you know, we yeah. were doing, and and so that was very nice. Right. And uh, so that was all about our royalty, you know. So so that's how we kept doing the consumer segmentation and keep uh, kept building uh, brands after brands. Right. Uh, the other two, of course, were more on this uh, on the on the gold front, uh, which was the fifth motivation was more about. Uh, Uh, a social compulsion in the sense that uh, you must own some jewelry right. as, as a woman you are expected to have some jewelry in your uh, lockers or in your cabinet you know? right so so that's uh, one and the other one was one at mansion which okay. is uh, very interesting again which is all about uh, in the cocktail circuit you know you have to be one up the other Right. It's it's one of the motivations. Right. So there again, you know, you you have different kind of jewelry that you want to showcase. Right. And that's where again, it's 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 all about uh, talking about what exactly you're looking for. In 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 the sense, the for example, a design has to inspire you because that should become the conversation point. The right. Like a, a conversation point. Because and that's why whenever I talk about any designs or anything uh, to my retailers or, or jewelers or manufacturers, right. that your design has to be stunning enough so that everybody notices it and comes and asks you, "Ye kahan se banwaya? Kya hai? Is ye design ka inspiration kya hai?" You know. So that's right. that's that's the moment that goes on. That means you have been successful. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's run of the mill. Right. You know? So, what's the big deal? Anybody can make that design. So, True. so you know that's where all these inspirations actually come in. Lovely. So, that has been the journey, and of course, in in uh, in in this journey, the other big thing which really happened in, in especially in the Indian market was world over. It's pre-wedding, wedding, and post-wedding. Right. And these are three uh, different segmentation. Uh, which way back in '95 or, or between '95 to maybe 2005, you know, those ten years. the market was still about the wedding and post wedding it was right. very little pre wedding you know and uh, which of course now has changed dramatically but nonetheless uh, so that's why we never did any engagement ring concept or nothing of that sort because it didn't really exist and right. even if it did what it meant was your uh, see first of all we don't exchange rings right. as, as indians we don't have that culture right. you know it's only in the big metros that we do otherwise it's it's like, like, like i'm right. a maharashtrian now right. we, we call it sakhar puda right sakhar puda is you just exchange sugar Okay. You know that's right. it, and and you know you just uh, uh, sort of announce it to the world. Right. 
we are now engaged. Right. But you don't actually exchange drink. Of course, all that has changed now. But right. So like Sakhar Furhan, and you go to different cultures, you'll have a different uh, way of actually announcing, but you still don't exchange drinks. So that's why, I mean, that was one of the key reasons because I've been asked this number of times that how is it that you never promoted any engagement drinks? And I said, but we don't have that culture. So that's right. the point. And, and you know, when many times, of course, we look at only Bombay and Delhi kind of cities right. that, okay, you know, this is, but this is not India. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. India is very different. The moment you go, get into the interiors and go to the tier, tier two, tier three towns, it's, right. it's amazing. I mean, you know, it's true. And that's where you have to reach those consumers and not just people in Mumbai and Delhi. Keeping cultural diversity in mind. Yes. And then, of course, using marketing as a tool. Correct. Right. So that's where we had, you know, for, for the weddings, we had diamond vivaha jewelry. For post-wedding, we had celebration diamonds. Wow. And when I say post-wedding, it was about your first anniversary. It was about your 10th anniversary. It was uh, about birth of a child. Right. You know, uh, so, I mean, that was the journey. So all, any occasion, you know, post your wedding was actually, so, you know. Right. And, and again, a woman actually plays very different roles in her entire lifespan. Right. You know, as, as a college-going kid, to uh, being a uh, you know uh, working woman, then getting married, then as a wife, then as a mother, right. then as a grandmother. Absolutely. You know, and she has so many different roles to play, True. which is which is amazing, you know, and which is what we need to actually, you know. So at every span or or, or phase or in her life, uh, yeah, exactly. The phase is the right person. Right. Every phase in her life is where she deserves a diamond, but with a different emotion. Absolutely, that's very well so, point. Yes. But with your word emotion, uh, Prasadji, what I you know would love to share with you is people do not buy products and services today. People are only buying emotions and experiences. Absolutely. And if Absolutely. you see any international brand or any FMCG MNC brand, yeah. they all are focusing on emotion. Absolutely. So your journey is all about emotions, which you shared and, with me. Yes. Right and, now, and it's not just about uh, you know emotion. It's also today is customization. Absolutely. So, absolutely. As much as you can. So customization emotion and the experience that's right the yes. experience in the store yeah. the experience of what Shopping the product experience. is giving or what the service is giving to the true, customer true Right. And again, in a in a in a uh, product like diamonds, that matters a lot. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, Prasadji, you've played a very important role in the uh, diamond jewelry industry. Can you kindly share experience as a leader? Oh, it's been a, as I said, a very interesting journey, and I think it's been a vision. Uh, for me and I think uh, for uh, when when you have to take that kind of a role where you are actually changing the mindsets of a billion people right. you know, literally I mean, though of course we were targeting uh, women so even if I say half a billion you, know, right. you are actually trying to you it, it, it's it's a complete way of thinking that you need to change right and so that that vision has to be there and one of the First and foremost is that when you're trying to ingrain it in somebody's mind that this is a product to be considered for whatever occasion or whatever uh, the background is, the fact of the matter is that you have to first understand the individuals. So that's where the research and everything comes in and, right. and understanding the motivations. So that's, that's point number one. And then chasing goals. Now, when I say chasing goals, uh, I, I remember, you know, during, uh, I, I was uh, in De Beers for almost 14 years. And in those 14 years, I visited over 10,000 retail outlets, you know, door to door myself. Wow. Yes. And actually meeting the consumers there, meeting the retailers, trying to understand, you know, their barriers. And 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 I wanted to address each and every barrier, you know. Right. And, and simple things like, you know, women 
would always have gold as top of mind, never True. diamonds as top of mind. And that's where we also started doing a lot of our PR campaigns. We, are, we were trying to, you know, make sure that diamonds are up there. So you, you were trying to make it visible. So it's right. not just about in the stores. Uh, you know, when at that point in time, we did a, a whole campaign with Star TV. Right. And we actually were giving away diamonds as a, as a contest, you know. Again, it was the whole idea was that it's not we are trying to promote any brand. We were trying to build a category. Right. And when you're building a category, you have to make sure that it's always there in front of you. Right. You, know, you are, you should be thinking about diamonds at every given point in time. Breathing it. Up, yes. The moment you get up in the morning until you sleep in the night, there has to be, you know, different Ways. reasons for which you actually are reminded of the product. Right. And it's only that, that way you can actually do it. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, uh, one of the interviews that I was doing and I was sitting in Kolkata and um, this was, a, I think it was at the Taj Pringle and the name of the restaurant, you know, because that's where I was sitting and actually interviewing a guy and uh, the name of the res- restaurant, I think was uh, Shonar Bangal, right? And uh, I was <laughs> trying to tell the guy, the manager, why is it not a Hirir Bangal? <laughs> okay. Why should it be Shonar? <laughs> so, it's very funny. He was taken aback. <laughs> he said, never thought of that. <laughs> so, anyways, and, and, and you will actually see, you will always see a golden moment of your life. Right. You don't say diamond moment. Right. You know, so we, we started ingraining that, those kind of terminologies to be used. That was a brand which so, says diamonds forever. Yeah, and that, that was our, our, our tagline. That's your tagline? Oh, okay, perfect. Product. Yeah, I remember that vividly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so diamonds are forever. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. was a line. True. So that was our line as the base line. So, wow. I mean, so okay. that's what we had coined. And uh, the whole idea was actually doing that. So, I mean, as a, as a, as a leader, I mean, one has to have your vision very clear. Right. And she's a vision. And uh, always believe in yourself. That's the, that's the key. And, and more than that, always keep your team motivated. Absolutely. Very, very critical. Then it's the end of you and right. it's a disaster. <laughs> so don't ever think that you are you can you can manage everything. You shouldn't. You are then what the hell are you what kind of a leader are you? Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, you can't because you so, so to yes. be that you you have to have a team which needs to be always motivated, who believes in your vision. Right. So you have to ensure that everyone, so like in my team, you know, I, I, I have made sure that everyone actually has, is following the same dream. So there is right. no dichotomy or there is no, you know, a different vision that anybody's trying to chase. So we were all looking at just one point and that's the target and that's the bullseye. Wow. And we have reached there. Right. So I think, you know, and, 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 and of course, then get them to uh, brainstorm together. Right. Because you never know what kind of spark will come from where. True. You know, and and that's uh, I mean I, I I remember this story of uh, you know when when the first man on the moon was actually put in uh, and, and and the training was going on and you know the astronauts right. were, were getting trained and the president then had actually walked walked into NASA office right and uh, he visited uh, the uh, washroom and the sweeper out there you know he just asked him. So, what, what, what do you work here for? I mean, what's your work? 
So he says, my uh, aim is to put a man on the moon. Wow. So, what a way of exactly. answering a question. Absolutely. Yes. Innovative. Innovative. And that's the vision. You know, so everybody followed that vision. Right. So just because you are working in the washroom doesn't mean that you're not <laughs> contributing. You know, you're also contributing the, by putting the man on the moon. Absolutely. You know, so, which is so amazing. And, and that was something which I said, this is what we need to do. So that's leadership. You know, right. that's vision. That's something which one needs to change. Your leadership politicians remind me of Richard Branson's quote, which mm-hmm. he always says, you build your team and the team builds your business. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. So true. And that's where Virgin Atlantic is today. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so oh, let's discuss the elephant in the room. Lab grown diamonds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Well, the uh, lab grown diamonds, of course, is maybe just five, seven years ago. Right. It's actually become a commercial. See, technically, of course, uh, first of all, let me just explain what lab-grown diamond is. Sure. So, lab-grown diamonds are chemically, thermally, optically, physically identical to diamonds. Right. To the mine diamonds or the natural diamonds as you mean. Right. So, it's it's something which you can't dispute that it's not a diamond. Or, right. So, it's almost like a... Uh, IVF or a test tube baby. <laughs> Once the baby is born, classic example. Yes, exactly. So you can't dispute, uh, you know, <laughs> human you know, naturally born human or whatever. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it obviously doesn't work like that. So it's, it's exactly the same. So first of all, that's that's something. So the only difference is the origin in the sense that uh, the mind diamonds is born below the earth. This is above, above the earth. Right. So what? The scientists are trying to do is trying to recreate the environment, right. you know, which happens below the earth or happened billions of years ago below the earth is now happening above the earth. Right. So that's so the only difference. Otherwise, they're absolutely identical. So that's one. Right. So what it also makes it is that all these diamonds, uh, because there is no mining, right. you know, uh, it becomes much more affordable. True. You know, because that benefit of uh, no mining cost involved right. is passed on to the consumers. Right. So keeping that in mind, actually, you know, that's the big benefit from a consumer perspective. So as far as the consumers today are concerned, uh, now there are, at least in a market like India, there are two different kinds of uh, customers. One is who can't afford to buy diamonds. Right. And uh, so they end up buying plain gold jewelry. So for them, I mean, I have pawned a line called uh, double the size or half the price. <laughs> so it's it's half the price for, for those consumers. Right. And they are more than happy the moment they know that they, today they can afford diamonds. Right. Why not? So they are, they are more than happy to actually yeah, go, and buy go, it. go and buy it. Right. And the ones who are the existing buyers of mine diamonds, they are happy buying double the size. Wow. Because in the same money that you want to spend... A, you you can get maybe a two character or a three character, you know, depending they on the color clarity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, keeping all that in mind, in mind again, right, actually makes a difference. And so it's double the size or half the price. So so having said that, lab-grown diamonds are here to stay. So that's that's for sure. And there is a reason. It's it's the reason being that uh, the mines are getting exhausted. You know, they are getting depleted, and world over the mines are shutting down. As of today, uh, I've been given to understand, uh, uh, and this has been researched by McKinsey and Bain and uh, Company and all of them, that there are about 74 legal mines right. which operate across the world, of which by 2050, you know, uh, only 10 will remain operating. So wow. 64 will shut down. Shut down. Because, it, see, it's a natural resource. So it is going right. to get depleted. Absolutely. You know? So it, ha- it is. Now, 
the counter to that, of course, is that there can be more exploration, there can be new minds that can come in. Right. But also there is, uh, I mean, no doubt that can still happen. But the bigger issue there is that due to the environmental issues, many of the countries are not interested in mining anymore. Right. And not just for diamonds, but any, any, yeah, absolutely. Know, anyway, uh, any, other any kind of mining, right. they're not encouraging at all. So keeping that in mind, uh, so that it's more likely that you may not get many new mines. Right. So, and, and the, the demand, I mean, as of today, it's about 116 million carats of diamonds, which is, uh, you know, mined today. And the demand is about 178 million carats. So there's already a gap. Wow. Right, and by again by 2050, the demand is going to be for 298 million carats. The bridge is going to and exceed. Yes, because yeah. the total mine diamonds production will come down to 14 million carats from 116 million. So you can imagine. Right. You know, so there is going to be a huge gap, a huge gap of almost 286 million carats. The demand carats. is going to increase. Yes, demand is going to go, go on increasing. Absolutely. So which is which is a fact of life, and which right. is already increasing. So that needs to be fulfilled by lab don't die. Absolutely, the supply. So, yes, the supply issue. Right. So it's it's all about demand and supply. Yeah. So so that's something which uh, will definitely happen. Right. I know one of the bigger biggest concern is on the pricing front. So before you ask me that, <laughs> let me address it <laughs> myself. So because uh, that's something that that is a challenge to right. this industry. But uh, there are again, as I see it, uh, see the the markets are opening up. Right. So so the demand for these diamonds is also going to go up. So that's point number one. So in any case, uh, you know, the, uh, the pricing should go on. The counter to that is also a lot of people say, but or machine is saying, or production should go jayega. So, you know, right. too much of supply and it, it will always exceed the demand. And that's why the prices will always be a concern. Right. But uh, it's easier said than done because even if you can, first of all, putting those plasma reactors and, you know, the, getting the machines is very difficult at the moment. But let's assume that in five years, you'll have enough supply. The, again, the question is getting the right scientist. So you just right. get this consistency in, the, in supply is another big challenge. So it's not just about getting the machines. It's, right. it's, it's Every machine has its own recipe. Right. So, so you need the right kind of scientist who can actually follow the recipe and give you a consistent supply. So that's, again, another concern. Right. And the third, in any case, at the moment, uh, the mine diamond prices are going up. And versus that, uh, and, and the lab grown prices are actually linked to the mine diamond prices right. in a way. And when that happens, if that is going up, so, you know, naturally, they, even the lab grown diamond prices will also go up. Right. So there are enough reasons for, uh, and, 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 and currently, I personally feel that it has already bottomed out. So it's not going to come down any further. In fact, right. here on, because of that. The price has been static now. Yeah, price is being right. static. And, and, and also the fact that uh, the demand is now growing because as sure. the different markets open, see, so far it was only US. Right. And maybe because the US consumption is 80% of world's lab grown diamond. Right. Right. So it's a huge market. and But now it's just being opened up in uh, Europe. In Australia, in New Zealand, in wow. uh, China, and of course now India. India. And the day India opens, and and you know, uh, India is going to be a very interesting market uh, for a simple reason that uh, you know, when when we again did the research, this is about there are about twenty seven million women in the top twenty three towns who can actually who have the potential of dying, buying a diamond. Right. So let's forget you know when we talk about one point three billion people and blah blah blah. Right. We are not even looking at that. When we are looking at only 27 million women right. across top 23 towns who, who have the potential of buying diamonds, right. 
But the fact of the matter is that in any year, there are only 4% who end up buying diamonds. Right? That means 96% are not buying. Right. Now, the big question is, why aren't they buying? Because potential to hai, khareed to sakte hain, right. bhi hai, you know, they aspire for diamonds. Absolutely. So, why is it that they, can't, they are not buying? The further research actually said that the sweet spot for any woman is at about $400, which is about uh, uh, 30,000 rupees, 30,000-35,000 rupees. And that, to buy a diamond, it becomes difficult because the moment you want to buy a diamond jewelry, the average ticket value goes to almost 70,000 rupees. Right. So to stretch yourself from 30,000 to 70,000 is a huge challenge. Right. Nobody can do that. It was yeah. more than double. Absolutely. So, but if, if somebody tells me that Right. You at thirty-five thousand, if you're going to get a let's say a half a carat solitaire ring, would you go for it? Absolutely, anybody will buy it. Anybody will buy it. Yes. So that's that's the big segment. So you can imagine, ninety-six percent women, if they jump into buying this. ڈائمنڈ Because otherwise you are importing the rough. But now that if you're uh, growing your lab-grown diamonds, you have the rough with you. So you are actually also become the center for supplying the rough to the world. And so you are a, 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 a sort of king right. in supplying the rough diamonds. Right. Manufacturing. You're also into uh, cutting and polishing. And also eventually I see it uh, also in terms of branding. So, you know, soon India, at least in the diamond industry, I think right. it will reach a point. where uh, made in india itself will become a brand right you know and that's that's going to be a big thing i mean the way you know in the olden days we used to say electronic chahiye to ab japan jaiye you know right. brand or right. wrist watches a switzerland or right. you know i mean you name it and every country so so uh, i am I'm pretty sure that soon for gems and jewelry it will be in there. Wow. Yeah. So wow. it will be made in the India. Perception is actually making a lot of sense because yes. India is manufacturing also. Absolutely. Plus we have all the infrastructure do we need for. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and even the Indian government has that vision. True. So which, is, which is great you know, because uh, it will improve the situation which is the current account deficit because right. you don't have to import uh, rough and right. plus you start exporting the world Europe to the world which in any case you're doing it uh, in terms of the natural diamonds but right. you add lab grown diamonds also to it so when you're today doing about 35 to 40 billion dollars the, the target is to reach 80 billion in the next three years you know, right. and we can do it and I'm pretty confident about it sure so India so, is looking at becoming a fight trillion economy by 2030 and I'm sure German jewelry is going to be a good part of it oh yeah yeah for sure for yeah. sure because Absolutely. I think they have huge potential right. especially with lab grown diamonds it's going to be the huge potential so Absolutely. I mean I, I definitely feel that yes uh, it is it is something which is uh, being seen with a lot of skepticism you know uh, right at the moment as, as you said the big elephant <laughs> in the room <laughs> so, but yes no. soon it will be very well accepted and adapted and uh, become way of life for all of us right. 
so it's here to stay so it's it's, so, it's, it's not something like a fly by night because many true. people do ask me yeah we hey you know khatam ho jayega you know fad hai you know so all sorts of you know controversies are there and people do ask me these questions but right. the fact is, is that it's here to stay for Absolutely. sure but like, we don't like <laughs> stay <laughs> but, for ever because yes. everything requires diamonds not only the woman wearing it but yeah, even yeah. jewelry watches yeah yeah they watch the diamonds but the diamonds actually even labron diamonds are yeah, the yeah. waves doing but the watches are all with labron diamonds now yes even your spectacles Because the uh, side um, sticks are also with you know embossed true, with the diamonds. True, true. In fact, even the the uh, jackets etc. are going to come with diamonds now. Yes, the buttons, also, the buttons. No, not just the buttons. So maybe maybe even the linings. Oh, the hem lining. Yes. Ah. We actually started wow. with diamonds. <laughs> you know? That's going so, to be a new so trend in fashion. So next time, perhaps you'll see me with a jacket. Starting <laughs> with diamonds. A fashion industry trend coming by. Yes, lovely, lovely. Yes, so, how do you see the future of lab-grown diamonds across the globe? It's something which is very interesting. Of course, the industry is still evolving. It's early days, so it's very right. difficult to predict. But this is my personal opinion that the way uh, things will happen. First of all, uh, as I say, that finally you have to sell emotion, and more so in lab-grown diamonds because uh, uh, you know it doesn't. Talk about the mining, you know, the, the way uh, the the natural diamond or the mined diamond industry talks about, and and what goes in you know, actually unearthed, uh, unearthing a, a diamond from right. uh, the, the mining that they do. Uh, so 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 the emotional selling is very different there. So here, if you have to do an emotional uh, selling. you have to have a brand right where you need to have a very strong value proposition for the customer which uh, can only happen once you create a brand right, right. so that's that's so so i think every um, brand merchants who is getting into labron diamond industry my advice is that please create your own brand with a very strong value proposition only then you're going to draw your margins only then you're going to sustain yourself and you only then you're actually going to uh, take it to the next level right so that's one second is there is likely to be a consistency in supply so which at the moment there's still miles to go but uh, you can actually ask for the kind of diamonds See, because in mine diamonds you don't have that Uh, right. First of all, as as the the, the mines uh, are getting depleted, yeah. so obviously, so whatever comes out of the mines, you have to accept it, take it or leave it. You right. don't have a choice. Here, you may start getting that choice. That's 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 a possibility right. uh, with technology. So that's three. Three is also, I think, in terms of the colored diamonds, because that's right. that's something is is highly aspirational at the moment. Right. Because you don't get your pinks or the blues or the yellows, right. which you will start getting it. Right. And 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 then. The designer's creativity will will be at uh, at a challenge. I mean, right. they'll be really challenged because yes. you have to think out of the box. There is a company um, right now making shaped, different shaped diamonds, yes. solitaires, Christmas shape and heart shape. Heart is always there, yeah, yeah. But Christmas shape, I've never seen. I've never seen like a moon. In fact, you know, there are diamond sculptors who right. actually can. Uh, I mean, I recently uh, saw one. In fact, Tanish uh, has sold one Buddha. Wow! Uh, I think it was two and a half characters. Uh, no, sorry, seven and a half character diamond. Wow! You know, which was huge rock. Is, yes, huge rock, absolutely, and yeah. and, and, and uh, natural diamond. So it wasn't lab grown. What was the color? It was, uh, it was deep flawless. Okay. <laughs> so that's why the rarest of rare. You know, right. That's that's what the exhibition that they had done. Right. And I think that made all the difference. And uh, so, so I mean, these kind of things are going to happen more so in uh, lab grown. Right. Of course, having said that, it's it's still not very. Nobody has still tried it in the lab grown, purely because the kind of rough that you need is is very different. 
because when you are trying to sculpt a particular shape, right? Then you even the diamond you need it in that shape. Absolutely. You know, which which so far what people have sort of mastered is more into the octahedron shape that absolutely the normal circles and the ovals and and here it's all uh, square shape. Absolutely, you know, so it's, it's not going to be easy. Right. But you know, but those kind of things will happen. So I mean, the, creativity. Way, creativity will be at its Absolutely. best. Absolutely, so Yes. So uh, there will be, uh, you know, and 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 at least in a market like India, I see yeah. a deflection point very soon coming in because of the day that market opens, it's just that somebody needs to create the awareness, and a lot of these brands that have come in right. are actually doing that, and soon, uh, you know, every woman would like to buy. Why not? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So, that's what so so both will coexist. Right. The fact is, the, the one who loves the mine diamonds or the natural diamonds, right. they'll continue buying it. You know, it's also for its uh, uh, intrinsic values. It, they'll continue to buy maybe even from a uh, from a investment perspective. You know, so so that so it's it will be almost like a natural pearl. What happened to the pearl industry? Right, natural pearls versus the cultured pearls. Right. You know, so I see a similar kind of a thing that both will coexist. The natural diamonds, of course, will be will become very expensive. Perhaps maybe thirty years down the road. Right. And uh, these will exist practically everywhere. Right. And uh, it's a win-win situation, situation for everyone. Yeah. So that's yeah. the way I see it. Lovely. So thank you so much, Mr. Prasad, for sharing your journey Pleasure. and in giving us beautiful insights on the diamond jewelry industry. Right. It was an honor in conversation with thank you. Thank you so much. It was an honor in chatting with you over a podcast. Thank you so much for your valuable time at the Iconic Talk Show. Great. Thank you.